What's up, everybody? Just want to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Jungle Television. Jungle Television is creating gourmet art and streetwear drawn and screen printed by hand here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, this dude, Alex, is making some of my favorite art. And uh, I have a bunch of Jungle Television t-shirts. They are heavy in my rotation and just always blown away by the things that he is making. The Mushroom Hunter jackets are some of my favorites. Those are really dope. But yeah, if you need jackets, shirts, hats, just prints, very cool prints, um, hit this dude up. The Jungle Television link will be in the episode notes along with the Instagram tag. And if you use the code DCP at checkout, you'll get 20% off of your next order. So take advantage of that. Check out the uh, the Jungle Television Instagram, Cruise Alex's Designs. Um, they're very, very dope. And next level, appreciate his support and sponsorship of this thing. Let's start the episode. <laughs> What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so, and that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels. Just uh, a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing, and I appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which has got a bunch of in-studio and live show performances, uh, a bunch of different genres covered on there. So check that out. And I'm also super stoked that this podcast is now available on Spotify. It has taken a while to get it there, but uh, it is all available there. And Spotify archives everything that is available back to episode like 30 I think maybe even deeper than that so you can go super far back to this thing can't believe creeping up here I guess maybe even already past the five-year mark of the inception of this thing the pilot episode came out in November of uh, 2015 and then I really started getting it going I guess late January, early February of 2016. And uh, episode 234 is what is in store today. And uh, I guess with all the other content that is rolled out in the feed, probably creeping up around 250 episodes or so. But uh, stoked that that's on Spotify now. So please do go check it out there if that's your preferred place of listening. 
And uh, with that, I also started a monthly release of a playlist that will be coming out every first of the month. So the December playlist is now available on Spotify. And I will also get that up on the uh, on the iTunes as well if that is uh, more your speed or preferred listening platform. So check out the uh, the playlist. It's kind of a little bit of everything. I know a lot of people, when they ask you what you listen to, a common response is everything. And it's hard to know what that means. So I'm trying to uh, convey that through these playlists. So you're going to get some sad boy stuff. You're going to get some singer-songwriter stuff. You're going to get some jazz. You're going to get some hip-hop. It's all going to be in there. So uh, please do check out December's playlist and give that a follow if you're feeling it. And definitely check out the, you know, go deeper on on the artists that you dig on there and give them a follow and uh, check out all the music that they have streaming there. And stay tuned for more playlists coming at you Every first of the month, I will put the link in the episode notes for that December playlist. If you just search Dan Cable Presents on on Spotify, you'll see not only the podcast now, but you will also see some of those playlists that I have available. And what else is going on? I Dig Records Volume 10 should be coming at you in this feed next week. That's another uh, another program that comes out within the program in this podcast feed. If you uh, if you want to just geek out with some records with my cousin Rob Bobby Grooves and I, then uh, those are available also. And I Dig Records Volume 10, we're getting into Spiritualized. Ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. And we're also talking about the Jimmy Chamberlain Complex new EP called Honor that was released uh, back in September, I believe, a 2020 release. So that will be coming at you next week. Stay tuned for that. And with that, I'm stoked to uh, present episode 234 to you. We got a returning guest and a new guest that are uh, a part of this conversation. The returning being Antoine Martel, good friend of mine. Um, he goes by the name Sous Chef. And uh, he has definitely been on this podcast numerous times. Last time he was on the show, we talked about his COVID diaries, which is uh, something I think he's still doing. This weekly deal where he gets people to to speak about what their life has been like in uh, in the times of COVID, and it's all set to some original compositions. A lot done by him, and some done by some other artists. So it's definitely become a collaborative thing, but. That was the last time Antoine was on the show, and uh, he's also made some previous appearances with the uh, the High Pulp Gang, which he plays keys and synths in, as well as uh, Sun King. So uh, he is familiar to this podcast, and he hit me up recently to let me know that he was putting out this new project with his buddy Jordan, who goes by the name Swing Set. And they put out this Saturn EP, which is available everywhere. And we're going to feature some tunes throughout the episode. So uh, stoked to share this conversation. Really enjoyed this thing. And I super dig the music that these two are uh, making together in this collaborative uh, release between Sous Chef and Swing Set. So I'll definitely put all the links in the episode notes for them as well. So you can keep 
up with what is going on there. I hope everybody is doing well out there. The holiday season is upon us in a strange 2020. And uh, I just hope everybody is hanging tough and finding ways to keep your head above water, finding some uh, some joy in these weird times. And I uh, hope you can sneak off into this conversation for a bit and uh, be distracted from the madness of the world with uh, with some music and this conversation. Appreciate the hell out of uh, everybody just checking this thing out and can continuing to support this podcast 234 episodes deep and we're gonna get into this thing right now sous chef and swing set are on the show and we're gonna kick it off with uh probably my favorite song on this saturn record and it's called tinder let's do the damn thing Slow to be honest, but I'm rushing. 
right, Ooh. fellas. Stoked to chat with you about this uh, this Saturn record that that you two came together to uh, to create. I've been. I remember Antoine. Last time we did a sous chef episode, we talked about some of the music you were working on at the time that wasn't out, and this was some of the stuff that you sent me it was maybe some more raw tracks maybe not the final mixes of what you and jordan did on this uh this swing set sous chef collab and i remember digging it a lot because i hadn't heard you do anything in any sort of like singer songwriter type realm in a long time and so i was i was stoked to like hear what you were adding to it and then when you sent it to me, I was like, oh yeah, this is that, that project that I already like. I'm, I definitely want to, uh, chat it up about this, uh, this EP that you guys made. So stoked to have Jordan on as well. The newcomer to the cast. Tuan has done this quite a few times now. So. I love the cast. The cast is great. <laughs> the program. I love the program. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've been definitely, uh, listening to, the EP a lot and it's a cool 20 minute psychedelic trip that about that about sums it up I think <laughs> so I know quite a bit about um Antoine's um background musically and whatnot so I thought it would be cool Jordan if uh if we just talk about how you got deep into music and kind of caught the music bug and when you picked up an instrument and yeah, whatnot for sure um yeah i started pretty early um i started playing piano probably when i was like six or seven um and just like i played pretty much all classical music through uh through the end of high school um on piano but then and and i love piano but my true love is singing um and so a friend of mine convinced me to join choir like senior year of high school and it was kind of I'd already been singing in the car and like you know as soon as I got my driver's license I was like singing along to Usher and Chris and Chris Brown which (laughs) you know who wasn't canceled quite at that point um (laughs) yeah and then uh yeah, I went on. I, I joined an acapella group in college too, so I kept up with the singing, and that's kind of where like I feel like I developed my my s- taste in music that has persisted on today. Um, as in as in this group called the Inspiration, um, just like learned a lot of uh, R and B and like like '90s R and B, and then got into like neo soul in the 2010s. And, good stuff so when you started singing in the choir in high school did you since you had never had any like real formal training singing or singing within a group like that and just kind of singing in the car a lot and whatnot did you enjoy kind of learning more of the techniques and did you adjust to that pretty well yeah totally I mean I think like you know, coming into choir, I'll be, you know, I'll toot my horn a little bit. I was like, I was like a pretty good singer at that point for like not having trained at all. Um, I could not sing harmony for shit though. It broke my brain. 
I remember standing there in like a small group. We were like trying to do like a trio thing. And I just like, I couldn't even sing my own part once other people were singing. <laughs> I had to like plug my ears and um, that was quite a little journey. Yeah, that definitely took you some time to get in tune with and learning how to sing with other people. Yeah. I mean, there's like, there's elements of like, so I think singing in the car really helped me with blending, you know? So like, cause I sort of knew I was doing a good job if I was like perfectly blended with whoever was singing on the recording. Um, and so that like, that's definitely a good thing to have when you're singing in a group. Um, but I also sort of then struggled to feel like I had had my own voice um, because I felt like I was often just copying copying other voices that I heard. Yeah, like when you were playing the piano as a kid, were you drawn to writing your own tunes or were you just playing a lot of covers and just learning how to play the instrument and kind of singing along? Yeah, I didn't really like... I mean, I didn't write my first song until I was like 20 um, when I was in college. Yeah, but I do remember like sort of sitting on the toilet as like a 14 year old, like singing, uh, singing my own original like sonatina kind of thing to myself, like. <laughs> but I never got that down on paper. Just heavily immersed into your your instrument then until you're like get into this choir group senior year then yeah totally and I feel like singing really like opened up a new desire to like be creative for me too I think it just felt like connected to my heart in a different way well and then the piano if I remember correct we're like it was similar to me right where it was like kind of your folks started you on like a classical path and then you were just like doing that because that's what you were told to do sort of was that sort of the vibe yeah yeah I mean you know, I wish I were one of those kids who was like 11 and like, you know, starting to write my own stuff. But I kind of just was like, yeah, I kind of just did it. I remember asking my piano teacher, like, you know, how do you improvise? And she was like, you're not ready to improvise. Because <laughs> I like, didn't do my scales or anything. Uh, I actually knew Jordan's piano teacher. She's a very incredible pianist and a very intense woman. Um, so yeah, that, that, that quote makes absolute sense. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's like a very Mr. Miyagi thing to like, to say to somebody who's even asking, how do you improvise of just like, Oh, if you're asking that question, you definitely aren't ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, that's yeah, good. It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> So it wasn't until like college that you started thinking about writing your own tunes and maybe singing along while playing piano and stuff. Yeah, that was a big thing that, uh, yeah, I just like started doing that uh, when I got to college. Um, it took me maybe like two, you know, once I got to my junior year, then I finally like got a keyboard uh, that was like my own. And then I really started playing it more and and messing around and I feel like this summer this summer like between my junior and senior year uh I got pretty deep in it yeah I gotta imagine that like the the piano is such an awesome tool also for stretching your voice 
as far as having that as your your writing tool opposed to maybe a guitar just because it has so much more rhythm and and feel in that way yeah maybe i don't know i feel like i write differently on the piano and the guitar i think uh well somebody somebody told me maybe when i was like 23 or 24 somebody was like you know piano you know we're just like at a party he's like piano is a rhythm instrument and that i think was another like huge uh corner for me and like i didn't really think of it that way until until then but yeah i mean absolutely it was what it was definitely what i had and uh yeah i was happy to i do love playing guitar now though i started playing guitar like three or four years ago and that I feel like has opened up some different different things for me too. Yeah, can never hurt to have another uh, another writing tool, another another starting place to have another instrument to completely change the approach for sure. You play anything else, Jordan? Um, you know, I'm like dabbling on the bass here and there, and uh, maybe we'll talk a little later about um some of the like remixes that we're working on of Saturn, but I just, uh, I'm trying my hand at, at production now too. And at like remixing and sampling, which is quite the new instrument. Uh, I was checking out some of the other music that you had up on the streaming services, like the waxing EP. Is that something that you engineered and produced yourself? Um, yeah, I was working on that last year. Um, yeah, I was pretty much, pretty much self-produced and mostly engineered it in my room. Um, had some help from, um, from Dylan Hanwright. I don't know if either of you know him. Totally. Um, Dylan's great. Shouts yeah. out to Dylan. Yeah, Dylan's amazing. Um, but yeah, I went to the studio, um, to get like drums and, and things with him and he did a lot of the mixing for me. Um, but yeah, yeah, that I love waxing. I'm super proud of it. I think like I love Saturn in such a different way. Um, because waxing feels like a very lonely, like, even though I had a lot of people involved, um, having the like creative vision, feeling like that I was like just directing that and like taking it from the beginning to the end. Um, feels a lot less uh well it feels special in a different way but i really love uh what i was able to do with tuan and what we did together it feels like more of a yeah dude yeah the wax the waxing stuff is a is that's a cool collection of tunes i think that uh it was pretty clear to me that you had some some pretty great piano chops just from listening to those tunes it's like oh all right this dude has some feel on the on the keys. Appreciate that. Yeah, boy, that's about that's probably the best I've ever been at keys. Recording that album. You were because you had bought you gotten that piano like not bought you know you like acquired the piano at the house previously. So you were I'm guessing you were just like playing a bunch kind of around that time when you were working on that. I remember you had that. Yeah, I missed that piano. It's a and I got piano. I got that on waxing too. I recorded it a bunch. Uh, Oh, sick. For a couple of those songs. So, had you spent much time 
working collaboratively with with other musicians or or playing in other bands or anything like that jordan up, up until where we're at now um yeah well s- sort of some um like waxing you know being a swing set project swing set was a band for like maybe two years um and so a lot of those songs actually were written and sort of like arranged with the help of um of a couple other people who are in the band um yeah joel rosa as the drummer and um shanu sean campbell as guitar player and um pat mcquiggan my bass player and so yeah i have to a lot a lot of pieces of waxing actually are like directly attributable to those people and some of my favorite pieces so what brought the uh the idea how did this all come about that you and tuan make this this saturn ep together well i met i met jordan actually because he was good friends with an ex-girlfriend of mine um, so we, at the time, Shout out to we were dating, you know, yeah, she's very nice too, you know, just <laughs> simply, uh, no longer, uh, partners, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that was kind of like our first connection. Jordan was buds, uh, with somebody who I was very close to. And then it came time where I was going to be moving out of the blue house, which I think you came and visited at one point, maybe love the blue house. Yeah. yeah. Good old blue house. And so Legendary. Jordan, Jordan took over my room. Um, because you know, we kind of known each other, we'd seen each other at some shows and stuff and, um, and we'd started, you know, we'd kind of like talked a little bit about maybe trying to do some things together. I know I had been, um, it's been a while since I've like sang, um, I'm still trying to like figure out what I, I, I feel as though, uh, with the actual like singing thing, I'm, I'm waiting on what to sing about. I've been waiting on what to sing about for a while and I'm still sort of, doing that um as life moves forward uh, but i've been wanting to work with some vocals and if i'm not producing them well you know i gotta go find people who are um so that you know i, I knew jordan was a good singer and i'd started at the time when we kicked things off it was more of like um have you ever checked out that mac demarco instrumental record um some other ones He'd like put out on mm. Bandcamp at one point. I don't. It's kind of hard to find now, but it's just like little grooves, little A section, little B section, back and forth. Really, really nice. Um, I love it. It's like maybe my favorite thing he's done. But we were sort of aiming for something in that vein. Like the first tune we did together is not on this EP, as are many other ones that we've tried. Um, that were you know it was like a, a different sort of style. But then. Um, I'm sure uh, maybe he'll talk about this, but Jordan uh, got introduced to my pace of work, um, which is maybe uh, not always the same as, as other people's. It, it, depending with, with this project in particular, I, I felt very little um, rush and I wanted to like really sort of take the time um, for us to like find something. We were clearly like looking for something. We had a vision going in, but it wasn't like a super clear thing. So we needed to sort of, find it in the work i was my perspective um so then we were we we just sort of started doing it i don't know we would go through phases we would like work he'd come over once a week for like two three months and then we would be busy doing other things for like two three months and it would kind of move in cycles um yeah and eventually it all kind of led to there were certain songs that started being kind of in 
more of a vein and we're like oh this is you know we're, we're kind of getting a style here maybe if we pair these together with like a little we wanted to get a little more experimental um so then we tried some wackier things and and that's what ended up kind of congealing into the first ep um which is this uh saturn uh thing but but yeah i don't know it was a it was a fun process though i know maybe slightly uh, Jordan's told me before, which is why I say this was slightly different than what he was used to doing in its uh, duration, maybe. <laughs> well, Twan's got a funny workflow because he'll be like, he'll be like, oh, hey, Jordan, I just wrote like seven beats last night. So like, <laughs> here are all the instrumentals for this album that we're going to make. And then like, but then it's like no rush. And like two years later, we're like, all right, cool. Are we like, do we have something cohesive here? <laughs> it's true i do i do tend to work in sort of I, I was actually just i was skyping with my grandmother before this um and we were talking about i was because i've i've my recent addiction i'm veering this off course temporarily because i can't help it because all i've been doing for the last 72 hours is that i sit in front of my television apart from like teaching and doing like business you know or like music or work related things uh, i just sit in front of the tv I've been watching Terrace House, the Japanese reality TV show, nonstop while just making synth patches. And I was talking to her about this. And I'm like, I think this is just sort of like I get excited about something. I have to like do a lot of it all at once, you know, and then I reach some kind of end point with the TV show. It'll be like the end of a season with like, a, you know, like Jordan says, like, I'll do one day. I'll make like seven tracks. I'm like, cool. I made like, you know, now I can drop that off somewhere else and kind of scatter away to a different place. So it's a little scatterbrained. Um, but I do, yeah, I kind of like binge. I binge the music work in the same way that I binge TV shows. I feel you. The magic disappears quickly sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, and, and then because I feel like if I binge, if I like, if I catch the feeling and I just like work super hard and I binge, then, you know, I can wait two months and kind of like look back and be like, oh, cool. Like now I have perspective on all this stuff I sort of did and I can be like, I like this. I don't like that. Um, but, you know, and then I can kind of tweak from there. Um, but yeah, otherwise I feel like it is easy to like, if I'm working like one tune at a time, I'll find that it'll take even longer because then I'll like do one tune, think about other things for two months eventually come back do another tune by like the seventh tune you're like less excited because it's been so long since you started the project so yeah i don't know it's been my flow lately yeah so jordan did you kind of uh just have like as far as these these tunes did you just kind of want to have this psychedelic folk r&b vibe and you felt like twan was the dude to like for these particular tunes or was it not that thought out? Um, I don't know if it's that like strategic, but I think something that's like becoming more and more important to me is like not so much what the genre of the music is, um, but like making it with people who I have like a genuine connection with. Um, and so like, getting to work with Tuan, you know, it felt like, it felt cool because we were kind of like becoming friends at the same time. And like, it felt really good to be doing that through music. And also like, Tuan's just a super kind person that I like want to get to know. And I like, you know, I'm like, 
I think, you know, he was talking about how it's like, oh, it's hard to know what to sing about. And I feel that's so hard, you know, that's like something that really keeps my pace slow sometimes too. But like, um, you know, there's something special about like unpacking these like really powerful personal stories with Tuan and also like the way he like pushed my sense of like melody and um and like the process you know like Tuan's process is super dialed um in like his own special way and so like it was cool to both like jump on board with that and also like be compromising together to like make both our styles work so yeah I think like what emerged was something I could never have like I could never have expected at the beginning um yeah just like feels the the like personal connection feels more important because we're all as musicians like we've got so much different music inside of us you know like nobody's just like just got one genre um so i think it's like really beautiful as we go on this journey to like see what comes out when we're playing with different people and when we're like in different spaces well said well said tuan's the guy thanks he's a he's a he's a good person to to have the opportunity to get to know for sure so i I, y'all are very nice i'm quiet because i don't know what to say (laughs) you don't have to say anything (laughs) we're just you know you know we're we're just we're just giving you some love can i tell a little story actually so like oh i'd love love for you to tell a story um so we were this is actually about a song that wasn't even on didn't even end up on saturn um um, it's about Guimas. And, like, so I came back. I would like, just gone on, like, a weekend with my girlfriend. Like, new new relationship. And we'd done acid, and I had, like, a really bad trip. Um, and it was, like, you know. And so I showed up, like, two days later. And Twan's like, hey, so what are we going to write about today? And I was like, well. <laughs> um, you know, I'm still pretty, like, shaken up about this, so. But we had this, like, yeah, like, I sort of, I just, like, wrote, and we, we, like, wrote a melodic part of the song, and we had some lyrics, and, like, we went back and changed them later, but, like, yeah, there's this part at the end of the song where it, like, all comes undone, and, like, I, like, wrote a little, like, paragraph monologue, um, and, and then, like, Swan was just, like, just read it, you know? just read it and then we'll like chop it up and um and I read it and like you know I I'm sure you've talked to Tuan before you know he's like very cinematic dude he's like he was like (laughs) he was in like director mode and he was like okay read it again it was like it was kind of ruthless like I was like shake I was kind of shaking like really and he was like read it again like more emotion you know and I did it like six or seven times and like by the fourth time, I was like, I don't want to read this anymore. And like, Juan was like, like, do it again, dig deeper. Like, I'm really liking how you're stammering on the third word here. I think we could add like a little more fear into the fourth line. (laughs) Totally. But I mean, I really, that, that was a huge, big moment for me, actually. Like, I felt really, I like felt it in my chest, you know? I was really like living those emotions again and like, that was really that was a super cool like 
part of the process, even though that song didn't even end up on the album. I feel like you could be describing that Kevin track that is on the album though, right now in that same way. <laughs> like that's a, that's a heavy, that's a heavy track. And then as it transitions, it's a, is it HG? Yeah. The next track. Um, so. yeah. Like, I feel like that's, that's just sort of this extension of this bad trip mm. as it's sort of like untethering from it though. And maybe trying to like place itself back in the, the normal world or whatever. you're pretty comfortable in that in that role of kind of just being like yo i hear something as soon as soon as you you're able to hear it you're just like i know that that you're capable of of giving me this thing that's like maybe just tweaking it a, a little bit yeah um i mean i i think i certainly do that um whether or not i'm right all the time is up for debate um, but you know, I, I'll like hear something and I, I think I can definitely be pushy, um, whilst we're doing it as well. Uh, I, cause I, I know, and that stems from like, I'm incredibly pushy with myself. Um, but I think like to a degree that maybe, um, I, I have to, I don't know. I, I'm still figuring out the balance sometimes. I think sometimes I, I can be like, you know, I'll be like, okay, yeah, you know, let's just take a break. And like, you know, we'll go out and have a smoke and it'll be, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll come back and we'll do it again. I get that. But then sometimes I'm just like grinding. Um, and, you know, depending, it can work out or sometimes it doesn't work out. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of, I, I, I definitely, I'd say I don't have a hard time telling somebody my opinion. Um, I try to do it softly and like gently um when i can but also i don't want to be dishonest because we're working on a project together and uh, we want both want to be excited about it right so like i gotta kind of if, if i don't say it when we're doing it then when am i going to say it you know um so that that's sort of the approach but it's interesting that you bring up kevin actually because what that made me think is like so we did all this legwork with guimas and it didn't actually end up on the ep but by but kevin is a is a one take track like we, he recorded the vocals while I played the synthesizer. We did it once, and that was it. Little grains of white sugar slowly dripped from the cabinet. A little boy's hand underneath, catching the sugar and licking his palm. dead animals in the backyard. Too many dead animals. The tree they cut down five years ago. So like in a way, maybe wow. all that work on Guimus 
like prepared and then we were able to just sort of like execute at a different time on a different day with a different feeling but like the same sort of premise because now we'd built that rapport through that sort of experience maybe um i also just want to shout out that it was very clever how you clever how you used untethered there you can tie it in a little you know little, little word <laughs> yeah i mean i, I yeah it, it, it happened it's good it's good it happened it's good uh it's inside <laughs> baseball that's some inside <laughs> baseball right there um dude kevin's a it's a fucked up track like it's one that you remember you know on a record uh, and i love that it's i don't know i like that it's a part of the piece like the whole thing is just from the the opening track um i feel like it creates a world quickly but you don't know what like where it's gonna land or what its jumping off point is and when it seamlessly rolls into tinder which is my favorite track on the record it's just like a really beautiful melody um like that that transition happens so seamlessly and it just immediately into this very cool feel has like a really dope groove to it um and then at one point completely departs from that and it's just like nope we're not gonna hang in this pretty little land here this this nice feel <laughs> um yeah it's it's a i think a pretty powerful way to kick off the record and it is very um it's a i don't know it's kind of exactly what the record is the whole time like you really just don't know where it's going to go next which is pretty exciting even listening through like more than once when you have some sort of idea for the feel of things like there's just kind of new things to pick up on on each track i feel like on on each listen i'm curious what each of you maybe likes about something like where you're you're in this beautiful melody and tinder it's this like really cool vibe and you're just like you know what we're just gonna like fuck this whole thing up right now and just bounce out of this um what what do you enjoy about something like that that maybe can be a little abrasive or just a fucking hard turn well, I feel maybe like I'll start with this one because I totally put that there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, for what that because so that one had come. We got to give first big shouts out to uh, Alex Cherney and Hale Eddie and uh, my buddy Chris Cottrell and the Fiscal Wolverines up in Canada and in New York. Um, bands that no longer exist, but their music lives on in REP because um, they had recorded it. And that song has samples from uh, both both of them um, and. I had been, I had just been like playing around. It was one of those uh, feverish evenings where I was just kind of doing lots of tracks and I had pulled those samples in, was playing around with it. And you know, sort of classic scenario. It sounds good at one tempo while you're playing with it. At one moment you're like, what if I made it slower and like deeper sounding? You're like, oh, it sounds good there. Uh, okay, I can't really decide between the two. Um, let's make some kind of composite, you know? Um, and and what I what I liked the specifically that middle section always stuck with me because it felt like the Hurt Locker, 
there's like a song on the Hurt Locker soundtrack um, that is that just like it had the same sort of vibe when you pitched it down. I don't know if it's in like the right sort of like key or like microtonal. There's something about it that I was like, this feels like the Hurt Locker, and I think it's a great movie with great soundtrack. Um, so that that was like a first, you know, I was like excited about that. Um, and and then I remember Jordan came by and we were like, okay, let's work on this song. And he was like, you know, this is like, you know, this is a weird bit because also it like cuts out. I think it's like midway through the second repeat of the <laughs> of the chorus. Like you're about you're sitting into the chorus. You're like anomaly, and it just like cuts away from you. Um, but then you know, I, I don't know. I guess I was just kind of pushy. I was like, yeah, but that's the point. It's exciting. It's fun. You know, they're gonna think they're in the chorus, but then they're not. Um, and. Yeah, that's, that's that's pretty much it. I don't know, Jordan. Do you have anything to add there? Yeah, well, and that song really. So the very first song we did together that sort of kicked this process off. Um, it's called Number One Burritos. Also, didn't make it on the album, and like very similar uh, structure with sort of like this kind of meltdown moment. Um, so I, you know, I knew that's what we were working with with Tuan. Um, but yeah, I mean, I appreciate that so much. Like, definitely, you know, you listen to Waxing, like, it's, it stays pretty straightforward and, like, um, and, like, melodic. And, uh, yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of challenging uh, that I had to do for myself and that Tuan did of, like, you know, sort of my desire to be like, well, why don't we, we can do that part, but why don't we just wait like four measures? We'll just do it after four measures. And Tuan's like, no, we're going to do it at like two and a half measures. And <laughs> that that kind of happened a lot. But yeah. I mean, I, I was, cause part of my intrigue, right. Is, is I, I wanted to, uh, I enjoy challenging song form. I like yeah. to, you know, to be like, and, and, and a lot of the artists that I really love to listen to also their song forms are like not super straight ahead. We, sometimes we do it dramatically. Sometimes we try to do it subtly. Um, I think like if you look at a uh, Cinerama at the end of the, of the EP, it's actually like almost the same form in the sense that it's like, you have like a verse kind of situation chorus into a new middle section. And then like, it's yeah. kind of like a, a bridge a sort of thing. And Cinerama might be like an example of a more subtle cut where like, it is still like the, the, the content goes away, but everything's very like pretty and floaty at that point. I don't feel like it's, it doesn't feel as like jarring. Um, but it is sort of like a very similar um, experiment in that way. Um, so I yeah, I just think that that was a big a big part of our uh, that that was actually directly inspired. Um, just gotta give credit where credit's due. Um, that dissect podcast on Spotify uh, that he did a breakdown of uh, Blonde very aggressively, and um, he was just talking about that technique that Frank uses on Pink and White. Um, where it's essentially, it's actually just like a loop the whole time. But what he does to kind of keep it interesting is he changes the instrumentation of the loop periodically throughout the song. Mm. Um, so you don't, you feel like it's a whole new thing, but it's really just new instruments playing the same thing. Um, and that was sort of the idea with, with Cinerama that we tried to uh, emulate uh, for that track. I got to say that uh, that's, yeah, that track ended up being like the most, like Frank Ocean on the on the lyric on the like melody side too, um, in a way where you know we we have a track like Tinder and there's drums like woo special drums um, doesn't really happen that much in the rest of the the record but um, 
you know, Cinerama's kind of like floaty and there was a lot of, one thing that, that Tuan was really challenging me to do was um, to start at like very different points in the loop um, so that we were like really sort of throwing out the idea of, of rhythm. And I think what that really, I mean, melodically, what that forces you to do, which I think Frank Ocean does amazingly, is like create these small freestanding melodic pieces, right? So like each line is its own like beautiful melody. It's not really connected to the others. Um, so um, I, I was really happy with that outcome too. And that, that was, it was a challenge because of how like cyclical and repetitive the background was and, um, yeah, and how to like mix that up without, uh, yeah, without sounding too robotic. Those small manipulations though, give it so much character like you're talking about Tuan, just like changing up the loop slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I also have to give a huge shouts out and, um, almost like a, I hope it's okay. Uh, comment to the band family photo, uh, which was a band in Sacramento around the year 2011. Um, that my roommate in Montreal introduced to me as like, I think he had like a friend or something in the group. I tried to see if they were active at all or anything, but I couldn't kind of like find a way to contact them. Um, there's totally a sample from their band in that song. Like the primary part of that song is a sample from that band. Um, so I appreciate very much using it. I'm so sorry I wasn't able to ask permission. If you happen to listen to this and you play in family photo, um, <laughs> please let me know. Uh, my email is suchefmusician at gmail.com. Let me know if this is not okay. Um, but I just couldn't find a way to get in touch with you. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> let me know if this is not okay. But that's the song that we're going to play right now. And I'm going to put all the links in the episode notes so they can come after you. Yes, if, please, uh, please do. If they need yeah. to get in contact, all the information is uh, in those episode notes. So we're going to get into Cinerama off the Saturn, Saturn EP from uh, Swing Set, Sue Chef.
So as far as songwriting for this project, was there different uh, tunes that each of you started or did it always start on uh, from one end? That's a good question. Um, I definitely sent a lot of just like instrumentals Jordan's way, but then it would usually be like I'd send him something and then he'd come over and then we'd talk about that something and we'd like adjust the something to kind of match some kind of more like group vision. Um, I'd say that was definitely like the process for Tinder, Sliding Door, and Cinerama. Um, the first track is actually just something that I'd been like sort of like working on separately that just happened to sort of fit in with the mix. Um, Untethered is sort of a strange example because it's actually... Uh, it is it is all of the tracks that we didn't release um manipulated and reversed into its own track um, that's rad yeah so it's you know that's that's like a weird a weird combo and then kevin and hg were done just kind of improvised together like we had a, a day where we were like we're just gonna try a bunch of stuff and um yeah so that so i think am i correct jordan have i said i, th- I feel like that's sort of the vibe right yeah, I mean, all, you know, all the instrumentals came from Tuan, um, and then, like, yeah, I would say yeah, we tried a bunch of different things, you know, and, and there were there were pieces that, like, I sort of, like, brainstormed, like, some ideas on my way over, and then, like, but they always, you know, they always changed once we got up in front of the mic. Um, yeah, and I'd say, like, lyrical content, um was definitely like a collaboration from both of us in a lot of ways um and and melody too yeah would you just like bounce different ideas as far as uh lyrics or tuan did you actually do any like lyric writing i i was i think more of like the sounding board sort of you know like jordan would come in and, and we had we had like a bunch we would do these chats basically where we'd sit on the back deck um have a little smoke and just kind of like hang out. It's you know you've you've been to this house. It's like nice and wooded back there, <laughs> yeah. you know. So it's just it's like a, a good yeah. It's a good vibe. So we would just kind of hang out out there and talk about you know okay whatever song we're working on next and you know like well what's the subject for a while we had like a sort of like we were thinking about making like a character. It was supposed to be like there was a little more of like a conceptual backing to the whole thing. And over time and like the. I, I feel like elements of that remain, but it ended up maybe being a little more uh, abstract and personal at the same time, I think, like mm-hmm. a kind of like a combo. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, th- I think in that, yeah, I was kind of, you know, we would just kind of bounce ideas and be like, oh, yeah, that, I think that one's better. Or like, oh, yeah, let's, what if, maybe we can change that line or, you know, things like that. And, yeah. 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 Do you feel like uh, all the work you've done, on your sous chef solo stuff and 
the Sun King stuff that you've just uh, really gotten to flex, like your ability to create transitions in records and keep something flowing? I mean, I, I definitely, I, I, I think that you're spot on in saying that like that's a focal point of both those things. Um, I, you know, I'm, I always am striving to uh, improve and, and find like new and, and more exciting ways to do that. But yeah, I mean, that is definitely something I like focus on really heavily, just like the transitions both between sections and between songs. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's honestly the center of most of my attention when it comes to like putting together a release. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy you noticed that, but I, I, in my mind, I'm just always trying to, uh, make the next one better and more interesting, you know? Jordan, is this the most like experimental project you've been a part of as far as a collaboration? Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, I mean like in the, in the final product and like the production of it for sure. Um, I think also in the like in the process of it, uh, in the creative process and the writing, um, a lot of the decisions we made were um, definitely like felt like a, a stretch for me uh, from like where I was coming from, and you know I like I like my melodies, and I yeah I think I'm pretty good at like writing melodies that make sense and like come together and. Twan just like ripped my melodies apart in such a good way um that was frustrating and also like really rewarding in the end and Twan, i'm sure you had to make some you know some compromises as well like oh yeah i mean the I'd... creation process and like lean into you know jordan writes some pretty beautiful like pop melodies some very hooky stuff totally so to, like lean into that and and serve it in a way where you can still kind of you know, you can tweak and, you know, throw some, some craziness into it a bit, but you also have to like figure out how to maintain the, the melody. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that was, that was part of what sort of, uh, drew me to working with Jordan is I knew that that part, the part of like being able to hit catchy and like hooky stuff that wasn't going to be a difficulty. So then, right, like, it was almost kind of like I was pushing a little more on the other edge because I knew that, like, or at least I I thought, you know, knowing is a big word, but you know, I'd projected that, like, that part would sort of be taken care of on its own based on his sort of, like, natural style, you know? Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was good. I don't know how much... Um, I mean, we definitely, like, compromised everything. Everything felt very, like, together. Like, we, there was never, like, a song that, like, one person was like, we're going to do it this way, and the other person just had to, like, accept. It was always like, no, let's find what, like, we both think is the best foot forward, which sometimes took a while. But, you know, I think eventually we always kind of came to um, a good sort of collaborative point. Um, one thing that I, I was really inspired by uh, working with Jordan actually is cause like I have sung before, but I'm even less trained than, than Jordan substantially. And I've, you know, I've taken maybe like four voice lessons in my life. And, um, I only sing when I'm by myself with the guitar really. And, you know, I guess there was phases in college or whatever, but it's not, you know, it's not like a skill and watching him who has his like vocals, his, his voice is very much an instrument in the same way that I would like approach a synthesizer. Um, and I remember just one thing in particular, I don't even know if it's on any of the songs that we put out, but like, 
I was like, oh yeah, we could do, you know, he like did a thing. He's like, oh, I want to do a second layer. And I was like, cool. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, it could be cool if we like threw a delay on this like first vocal, you know? And then his second layer, he just like sang the delay, you know, he just like did it live <laughs> performance. And I was like, oh, you, oh, you can do that. Oh, oh, that's cool. You know, like that, that was just kind of like that hadn't really crossed my mind. And I was like, oh yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So yeah, he was very inspiring in, in many ways to work with as well. I think that's on Cinerama, which you're talking yeah, about. Just getting oh, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Drive and drive. And What's drive. that? Yeah, that is that. The drive and drive and drive in. Yeah, mm. that whole bit. Yeah, it's all. That sound was like, oh, it sounds so great. And then I could pan <laughs> it all how I wanted because it was actual individual clips instead of like, so that was nice. I don't know. Yeah, that's when you get to do all the fun producer shit and yeah. do those manipulations and, yeah. you know, like something that's so cool that Untethered is just this kind of this B-side medley remix of all these these unused parts. And, yeah, I was going to ask you if that was just you chopping up vocals and whatnot, which, yeah, talking about using the, the voice as an instrument, you know, when you start chopping it up and and using it you know as like percussively and stuff like that it's a it's a major game changer that was fun and that one that one felt really good i feel like from a like validating all of our work standpoint because we were getting to a place where like we had done a lot that wasn't going to come out you know and that's though that is good it's also kind of like man we did a lot of work that's just like gonna you know that's that's not on this and then it's like oh but also all of that work now was necessary to congeal into the form of this one song um and and all those other songs still exist like we can still kind of go and dig and find cool things from within that other stuff but i don't know to me that was like very i was like relieved almost i was like oh my god yes sweet we found like a, a fun way to like use all this stuff that makes sense with where we're at and um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. That was, that was a fun process. And I was stoked that I like did it and I was like, I hope Jordan's like, okay with this. And then he came over and he was like, this is cool. I was like, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> so talk to me about, I guess you, you, you speak of, you know, writing a lot of tunes before actually kind of finding the Saturn project in this batch of tunes. So was there just something that felt different or felt write about this batch of tunes and being like all right this is going to be the project that we put out together yeah i mean i think i definitely over time i had start we had started with this sort of like mac demarco e right like sort of slow pleasant thing and i think we were doing a pretty good job of like trying to emulate that more and i think at, at one point but we also you know had like uh these other tunes, Cinerama, I think Cinerama, Tinder, and Sliding Door all came in pretty early to the mix, all things considered. They weren't like, it's not like we wrote them much later than some of the other songs. They, everything was just kind of slow moving, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, which one's here, which one's there. Um, and as time went on, it was, it was, it felt like just kind of those three songs, we were kind of talking about it in like colors. They had like a, a similar color scheme. It felt a little more like they were in, they were, they were feeling the same vibe as we were like listening to all the stuff and trying to put it together in an order. And then I know personally, I was like, and I want to like, it, it wasn't out enough for me yet. We were like too in. Um, and you know, that's like a personal complex by no means is that like incorrect. <laughs> um, but like, I was like, ah, and I remember one day I was like, yeah, Jordan, come over. We'll just, we're going to like make like 
10 experimental tracks and then we'll we'll pick from that too and we'll see kind of what blends together um and, and that and that's you know we didn't make 10 we made like four or five or three three yeah well i think we landed on three but we maybe made like a few more i think i have some rogue stuff on my dropbox or my uh, hard drives but um yeah so we sat around we tried and then that that sort of like opened the door once we had those and i, I think we were both kind of excited about some of the more out stuff that we started working on because it flowed nicely and it was kind of i don't know it was a fun sort of creative process and um, and then that sort of helps to be like, okay, well now if we like this stuff, what sort of works complementarily with this stuff well? Mm -hmm. And eventually we kind of came to, to this conclusion, I think. Yeah. I think a bunch of the tunes that, that didn't end up making it, um, were kind of more similar to Tender. Um, just like they were a little bit more like straightforwardly melodic, um, mm -hmm. songs that like I really liked and was like really proud to have written um and it's really cool to listen back to them too because they're all, you know they're all super personal and they still exist um but i think like um it does it does like the album as it is takes you on a kind of journey um and so i think in a lot of ways we were just trying to piece together like a somewhat cohesive story um rather than like a collection of songs it really is like this psychedelic trip, for sure. It's got weird moments. It's got beautiful moments. It's, there's, it's dark at times. And then there's moments of relief. And then there's tension. I think it just like makes the, you know, the tunes, like some of those more straightforward moments in Tinder and Cinerama and Sliding Door. Um... Yeah, I think without the juxtaposition of the other stuff that happens on the record, you like you don't get to see how like really beautiful it is without those other pieces in place. So I think that's like one of the really engaging things about the entire listening experience. Like on Tinder when you drop into that other part, when you when you get back to that sweet that sweet spot, that melody, you know, you're like, ah, oh, we're back in it. Like it feels good again, you know? So yeah, I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a cool listen. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun wake and bake record. I would endorse it for that very much. Well, um. <laughs> a funny, funny note is that we actually wrote all the songs in the morning. <clears throat> That's true. We didn't, we never worked on this album at night. I, yeah. would, I would come over at like 9.30 a.m. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, because it was like before teaching. It'd be like 9.30 to 3, 9.30 to 2, <laughs> you know? And it would be like, okay, cool. Now I got to like start my day or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's that coffee vibe for sure. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> or, or the wake and bake vibe, as the case may yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, as well. <laughs> <laughs> Depending um, on what the rest of your day holds. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Jordan, is is your voice still? Uh, would you say that that's your favorite instrument? Is that the thing that you enjoy working on the most or crafting? Um, I'm really I'm really feeling guitar right now. It's kind of new. It's kind of given me like a different way to think about things. But I mean. The thing with singing is like, 
I'm, I mean, I just, I know it the best, right? And I can get down to a level of detail with, with my voice and with my breathing and all that, that just makes it like so much more dynamic. So yeah, I would say my voice is still fun and I'm, I'm trying to like expand into like using some different effects on my voice too. And thinking about it as an instrument in like a different way than just its natural timbre. Yeah. You feel like you even maybe approach the recording of certain things when you know that you're going to be making, um, such big tweaks to them in the production process. Yeah. Well, one thing that's interesting about recording Saturn that was different than, um, than how I usually record is that Tuan had me like pretty heavily verbed out from the start, from the get go. Um, and I think that actually, you know, normally I'll just, I'll do it like super dry and then I'm a total perfectionist and I'm just trying to get like all the right tone. Um, and I think like, uh, also Tuan like helped me let go of some of that perfectionism. Um, you know, he says he's tough on himself, but it's in a different, it's in a, it's in a different way. You know, that like I wanted to be a perfectionist about the tone and yeah. but it was really more about like the emotion and the way that it was fitting in. Um the feel. Yeah. Sometimes the imperfect moments are uh you know, outweigh the uh Well sometimes they're perfect. Yeah. Twan's like Yeah. Twan's like go- just doesn't match the vibe, you know? He's like, go smoke another cigarette and come back and we'll do another take. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am a strong proponent of method uh, artistic creation, if that mm. may. You know, like method act, but it'd be like, you know, in this case, yeah, like, oh, you want a grumbly voice? We'll go smoke two cigarettes and come back. Your voice will be more grumbly. You know, I think that that's a, uh, it's like, oh, you want this to feel like kind of like over the top and like rock and roll and like a little like kind of sloppy. Well, then like, let's have six shots and then try to record it. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like if it's it, then it'll be, it. it'll be right. You know, like it'll sound yeah. like you're drunk because you're drunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Commit. Yeah. You to know? the music, man. Obviously, there's like limits, you know, <laughs> yeah. but um, but, you know, I, I think it's I think it is a. When done responsibly, it is totally a, a valid approach, and uh, and I think a useful one to 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 use when trying yeah. to create feelings. You know, I've also talked to you, Tuan. You've you've brought up to me the uh, of the the dry take and then the the stone take. You know, make sure you get a, a sober one in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when you're happy with that, move on and uh, do do the extra. The extra buttered take. Yeah, because you never know. You know, sometimes you listen back the next day and you're like, wow, that buttered take is uh, pretty buttered. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then it's a some, little too buttered. Yeah, it's like, that's, that's, we're not going to, we're going to go back to the old clean one here. Um, but, you know, sometimes it, it comes out like, oh, well, you know, I, with the clean one, I sound like I'm working. And on yeah. the other one, it sounds like I've been playing it for years, you know? Right. So. And that's, you know, you're just kind of trying to find avenues to get there in an efficient manner. Yeah, so you guys are going to do some uh, some remixes of this record, too, that you're going to put out, or what? That's the plan. Actual, I guess not. Uh, I figured I mixed the whole thing, um, so I probably shouldn't remix it. 
Um, so it's basically like, yeah, we reached out. Jordan is uh, well, happily doing one, and then we reached out to a bunch of our friends. Um, I've got my buddy who goes by No Cosmos in, in Montreal, uh, Scott Bevins. He's a great trumpet player and producer, musician all around. He did one. Um, our friend Jack Gravalis out here who plays with Gabby and the Blue Gleams sometimes. He's like an amazing jazz guitarist. He did one. Uh, Watson Moon, Matt Melrose. Uh, Gabia herself from Gabia and the Blue Gleams did one. Uh, it, they're all still like works in progress. Marty from Teen Show is doing one. Uh, Jordan, you've got oh, a buddy yeah. doing one as well, right? Yeah, Gordon goes by McGilvery Allen. Um, yeah, so we got like seven, seven or eight of them. Like, oh yeah, and then my buddy Charlie Gangler too. Sorry, I want to make sure I don't forget anybody. But yeah, Gangler, uh, Charlie, Charlie Butler. Um, so yeah, it's good. It's 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 coming together. I don't know. I'm excited about it. Yo, Twan sent me like. You know the the ones he's been getting in the other day, and just like was cheesing so hard. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's got to be so cool to hear people reimagine, you know, creative pieces that you have made yourself, and see how other people arrange it and interpret it. Yeah, that shit is actually really gratifying. It's really fun. No, I agree. I, sometimes I wonder, I'll be like uh, listening to it and I'll be like, oh, this is, I love this. And I'm like, do I love this because it's kind of my song? You know, like, like, be like <laughs> am I just like really excited about hearing somebody who took my song and like did something cool with it? Um, but I, I genuinely think that most of uh, that the, what people are doing with this stuff is, is, is pretty cool. I think, you know, even separate, if you didn't, if you didn't know the Saturn, you might still be able, I think you'd be able to still dig what's coming out of the remix EP so far. Um, so that's, that, I don't know, that's been exciting for me. Yeah, and they're all pretty different too. Yeah. Which is amazing. And we've got some even too, like there's two people did Sliding Door and their two versions of Sliding oh, nice. Door are super different. And like same with like Tinder, you know? So that's that's been kind of a fun, some people are mashing songs together. It's, yeah, it's been a good time. Yeah. And maybe even informs your your own writing process moving forward since they're reimagining your songs totally totally well it's just, it's just yeah it's cool to be like wow we could have been doing this the whole time <laughs> you know like <laughs> 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 it's like yeah so yeah that, that's that's kind of an exciting one coming down jordan just sent me his remix today actually i haven't gotten to listen to it yet but it's on my computer now I've downloaded nice yeah i'm doing i'm doing kevin oh yeah and it's getting it's even scarier than the original oh nice <laughs> God damn, dude. That song is so heavy. But again, just in an, an, that seamless transition into HG. Um, yeah, that's a that's a memorable section of the record, I think. Where you're just like, oh, yeah, that was wild. That was a wild time we had back there. <laughs> yeah. I love Kevin. I think it's funny, like listening back, you know, we did it kind of in one take and it's just sort of this like story that we were telling between like the voice and the synthesizer. And sometimes I'm like, what was like, what was I saying there? Like, that's kind of ridiculous. But then at the end, the last line, you know, the like when we switch out of dream space and like into this, like, you know, get up, like wake up. And I was like, that is like raw from my soul. Like that is just like, the rawest <laughs> shit and like just had to get all through all the other stuff yeah well and it's cool because i feel like the the lack of clear cohesion that came out of it just kind of being you know off the top um 
helps with the dreamlike effect. You know, it really kind mm, of projects yeah. this sort of like you're on a. It's like it, the subject just jumps from any moment to another as if you're in a dream and nothing is stable. Yeah, it doesn't always feel linear. That's for sure. It's like I remember when you the because you know we did it live and I remember when you you were talking about like the little boy and all of a sudden you're like there are dead animals in the backyard. It's <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> oh, like yeah, like, here we go, we're jumping off the deep end here. And then the next line's like too many dead animals. You know, you're just like, oh yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, dude. Yeah, we need some visuals for that shit. You, we're maybe casually working on them. I've been having a hard time because it's raining all the time. So setting up my camera and forgetting about it is hard in that situation. But I, we are slowly working on something that will hopefully, um, I, I, what I would say is for arachnophobes, uh, create a, a very uh, scary experience is my ambition. I want to scare the arachnophobes. Because I'm, I mean, I, I don't like, I'm not like arachnophobic, uh, but I'm like, spiders are scary. I get it. So let's make it as bad as possible. Yeah. That would also be like a fun thing to see some visual artists uh like take on. Mm-hmm. Some some filmmakers like yeah. oh, make, make a short to this. <laughs> yeah, like use this and go, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, if anybody's out there and wants to do it, please contact us. Huh? Uh, yeah, man. It's uh it's a cool record. So I'm glad you glad you sent him my way, Tuan. So yeah. it's uh it's always a pleasure to get to to hang with you and uh get to hear your music that you're working on and uh yeah i just appreciate this uh the collaboration on this one is uh is such a cool it's very complimentary i feel like of like what each of you seem to do really well so it's got uh it's got good balance in it for sure well, thanks for checking it out, man, and thanks for you know, I I I love hanging out with you and doing doing the old cast. So it's uh, always a pleasure. I missed you at Thanksgiving two days ago. Yeah, you yeah, know? I missed uh, you as well. Last yeah, last year we got to spend Thanksgiving together, and it was it was uh it was really dope. It was. So really I nice. also was was thinking of you. Yeah. On Thursday, I was like, oh, last year I was with uh, some good folks. I was with Tuan last year. Yeah. yeah, and you got to see my folks too last year. My folks really liked you. Yeah, man. Yeah, got to meet your parents for the first time. Or yeah, that was that was rad. Yeah, it was, was very cool. Uh, yeah, Jordan, it was nice to nice to meet you and get to to hang with you. Maybe one day in this wild world we will uh, see each other in the flesh. But uh, yeah, I would encourage people to check out your your swing set work your solo work as well because i think you have some some pretty dope tracks like on that waxing ep that we were talking about and i know you got some some other stuff up there as well i want to play it out with sliding door i actually got like frank ocean vibes from this song a lot i was uh i was feeling that so definitely want to play it out with this one and i'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can uh, can keep up with the both of you and so that they can check out this project. And uh, I'm stoked to hear that the remixes of this Saturn EP sounds like it's going to be really killer. So I'm stoked about that. And uh, we end every episode of the podcast with the, uh, the guests of the show saying the tagline, which is, it's a program. So if we can get the... Uh, the swing set, sous chef, it's a program. We can uh, properly end this thing. 
Cool. cool. Should we do a countdown, Jordan? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Uh, three, two, one. It's, it's a program. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for, thanks for the hey. listen. Thanks for the convo. That's great. Likewise. Appreciate the hang. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Absolutely. We're going to play it out with uh, Sliding Door off the Saturn EP. And uh, that is the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. Cool, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. A45. Ooh, I never lied. Go for a ride Sliding door Let the light in It's kinda cold Outside But I don't really mind At all At all On the carpet under the ping pong table laughing And this whole blanket so warm And this move is so long And my arm is so numb Today You got a girlfriend